continuing the series on gifts in the church and um, we've identified that there are three categories of gifts uh, recorded in scripture the functional gifts which uh, every single believer does receive at least one function in the body of Christ and then we saw the other category which is the spiritual gifts which is the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and then we have identified the ministry gifts and in this particular series of teachings we're having a look at the ministry gifts um, as recorded in scripture um, the two passages in Ephesians and in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks of those ministry gifts and uh, we're basically dealing with the first out of the uh, five main ministry gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher we're dealing in this particular uh, series at the moment with the ministry gift of the apostle and in the previous teaching we had a look at the apostle of today because we identified that there are in fact four different classes or categories of apostles in the church the first being Jesus Christ our Lord he stands in a category all on his own um, he heads up the, the ministry gift of the apostle he is the foremost apostle in the church then we saw there is the other category which is the 12 apostles of the Lamb and obviously there are only t those 12 apostles and no more can be added to that specific category of apostle and uh, we've dealt with that category then we also dealt with the third category of apostles in the church and that is the, we, what we call the foundational apostles and uh, the individuals that we know of that fell into that particular category were Peter, James, John, uh, Jude um, and Paul, the writers of the New Testament um, because we said that the foundational apostles are those who were used by the Lord to give the church New Testament doctrine and those particular apostles were used by the Lord to give us the New Testament doctrine that we have today we said that there were obviously other foundational apostles at that time but it, the Holy Spirit saw fit to just include those particular individuals um, their writings in the New Testament and so we said that after the last of those apostles which would have been John um, passed on well then the church no longer needs any foundational apostles because we have all New Testament scripture that we need we, there's nothing more to be added to the Bible until our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth and then that brought us to the fourth category of apostle and we said now that is the category of apostle that exists in the earth today so although the first three categories have been done away with in the earth in that none of them are on the earth today um, nevertheless the ministry gift of the apostle is still um, uh, a ministry gift that is available to the church today in fact she does need the ministry gift of the apostle and so we looked at a couple of aspects with regards to the apostles ministry we said that the apostles ministry um, has a, um, a degree of revelation knowledge given to it so that particular uh, ministry gift carries an anointing from the Lord to receive revelation knowledge from the Lord so that uh, they can uh, interpret scripture for us and they can then make known to us what the word of the Lord actually does say on a subject now they don't add any new revelation so because the foundational apostles have been done away with but nevertheless there is scripture um, scriptural truths in the New Testament 
that have remained hidden over the centuries because the church lost uh, her way and um, she, w she went through a period of, of pretty much darkness really and so there was a lot of um, scriptural truths that were hidden from the church um, but the Lord what he's doing at this point in time and has been doing over the last uh, couple of hundred years really is he's been restoring um, scriptural truths to his church and so that is what the, the ministry gift of the Apostle today um, is used of the Lord for, is to restore spiritual truths to the body of Christ. Now these are truths that are actually in the New Testament, but they just have been kind of hidden from the body of Christ because she's not seen it. And these particular individuals are used of the Lord to restore those truths. And we spoke about uh, salvation being restored, the salvation of our faith through Christ. That truth being restored to the church. We spoke about the baptism of the Holy Spirit being restored to the church. We spoke about um, gifts of healings, divine health being restored to the church. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, revelation knowledge that has come into life that is always in the Bible, always has been there. But nevertheless, because the church went into decline, she missed out on a lot of uh, what was available to her. But the Lord is restoring all of that to the church at this point in time. And then we saw that uh, another aspect of the ministry gift of the Apostle is their ability to establish churches. That, uh, that is one of their primary functions, is they go out and they establish churches. And so there are two ministry gifts by and large that go out into uh, the mission fields. Um, you have the, the ministry gift of the evangelist and the ministry gift of the Apostle. Now the ministry gift of the evangelist, when they go out into the mission fields, they preach the gospel, people are saved and added to the church, but they don't stay there on that location in order to then plant and establish a church. And the example we can look at is Philip. He went to the city of Samaria, he preached to them, and he had a, a city-wide revival. Multitudes were added to the body of Christ. But then the Holy Spirit moved him on. An angel appeared to him and said, I want you to go to Gaza. And so Philip got out and left. Um, he didn't stay behind to see that the disciples in Samaria um, grew in the things of God. Now Peter and John, being apostles, were sent there to uh, help that church to be established. And uh, I'm fully convinced that Peter and John would have left behind um, disciples, uh, fellow apostles, that would then be able to establish that church in Samaria. Wouldn't have, the Lord would not have done, um, not have pulled both John, Peter, and Philip out of Samaria and just left the disciples to their own devices. Not at all. Peter and John would have been, because they were apostles, they would have left behind um, ministers of the gospel who could have then established those churches. But the point is, is that Philip was moved um, in the moment that all those uh, unbelievers had come into the kingdom of God, his work, his work was done. And so the angel appears to Philip, he said, I want you now to go to Gaza. And so Philip gets up and he leaves, because it's not the evangelist's calling to establish churches. His calling is to bring the lost into the kingdom of God. The apostles, on the other hand, are also, they have a similar anointing to an evangelist, in that they can also go into the mission fields, proclaim the gospel to the unsaved and bring them into the kingdom of God. And the, the difference being is that once they bring individuals into the kingdom of God, 
they then established churches. So with that core of believers that they first preached the gospel to, who come into the kingdom, they then begin to establish a church. They grow that church both numerically and spiritually. Uh, they then appoint elders in that church. And once that church is fully up and running and has elders overseeing that church who are capable to, to preach and teach the gospel, then and only then does the apostle leave that church to go uh, plant a church in another location. And then we said, um, and we're not going to go through any of the scriptures because we're just recapping about the particular aspect of what we've uh, discussed so far. We look primarily at the, the um, ministry example of the apostle Paul to, to highlight all of this. And so you can just go through the book of Acts and you can see very clearly this is exactly how the apostle Paul operated. And then we saw that the, the apostles would then move across, um, go back into the churches that they had planted and revisit those churches and strengthen those churches. And the authority would extend to those particular churches because that was the churches that the Lord had given them to their, into their ministries. And we also saw that um, within the church at large, that the Apostles' ministry is a traveling ministry. So um, it's not a case that the Apostles will only go out into um, mission fields and plant churches, but they, their role is also because they are a very anointed gift to the body of Christ. Don't forget they receive revelation knowledge of the Word of God. So the understanding of the Word of God is far deeper than all the other ministry gifts by and large. Well, all of them agree. The apostle, maybe not, but the, the, um, the prophet, sorry, maybe not, but the rest of them definitely. And so that ministry gift is needed by the whole body of Christ. And so what the, the Lord does with his apostles is that he, when they're not planting churches, he then moves them around from church to church so that they can uh, minister in those churches and thus strengthen the, the disciples in the various churches. And we saw that in the early church, there were no divisions within the church. And so Peter would go to, because Paul planted the church at Corinth, and Peter would go preach in the church at Corinth. Paul would go preach in the church at Jerusalem. Paul hadn't planted the church there. Paul would go preach in the church at Antioch. He hadn't planted that church. And so all of the apostles moved around from church to church, and ministering as they were led of the Lord. And there were no divisions, so it was not a case of, well, you know, this is my church, so you can't come preach in my church, and vice versa. And so we said it was actually quite a blessed time for the disciples, because they, became, they were exposed to all of the Lord's ministry gifts. There was no uh, constraint placed upon ministry gifts from ministry in the various churches. And that's how the Lord actually uh, is desirous to run His church, because it's His church. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to ask permission from anybody to send one of his ministers from one church to another to go minister. That's his church. He can decide exactly who he wants to go minister where. Um, and so, as I say, in, in the early church, that was a blessed time. But the Lord is restoring that to the church today in that we're having more cross-pollination of ministries taking a pl uh, place in the body of Christ, even across denominations. So the denominational walls are slowly coming down. And uh, we are once again going to get to the place where we will be one body in Christ. And that will be a blessed time. 
And so that brings us up to speed with regards to where we have dealt with the Apostles' ministry thus far. And there's two aspects I want to deal with the Apostles' ministry today, and then we'll, we'll close off this particular teaching on that ministry gift. Uh, the first one is, because now we're looking at uh, qualifications to, for an individual to stand in the ministry gift of the Apostle. And so we said that part of his qualification is that he will receive revelation knowledge from the Lord. So his understanding of the Word of God will be far deeper than the other ministry gifts because that's the anointing that he carries. He will have the ability to plant churches, establish them, and grow churches. Um, and then obviously he has the ability to move around between churches and strengthen the, the churches that he, he ministers in. Now another qualification that the Apostle has for his ministry gift is that the Lord Jesus Christ will appear to the Apostle at some point in their ministry. This is um, a, a very um, unique qualification. This, it's only the ministry gift of the Apostle that this particular um, qualification applies to. The other ministry gifts, not so. But for the Apostle's ministry, um, the scripture is very plain on the issue that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ appears to his apostles. And so if one is called as an apostle of the Lord at some point in their ministry, they will have seen the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's have a look at some scripture along that line after I've made that statement. The first one we can look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 1. This is the apostle Paul and he's qualifying his ministry as an, as an apostle. And he's, you know, he's, he's putting forward his credentials as an apostle. And he says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? And so Paul very plainly um, states to the church at Corinth that one of the qualifications that he can put forward to the fact that he is in fact an apostle is that he has seen Jesus Christ our Lord. And we know that uh, on more than one occasion, and on numerous occasions actually, I think there's seven occasions recorded in Scripture where our Lord Jesus appeared to Paul uh, directly. And so Paul, you know, he says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? So he goes on to say, um, talking about his qualifications as an apostle. And so one of the qualifications that Paul puts across is that he has seen Jesus Christ as Lord, or the Lord, should I say. And then another scripture we can have a look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 3. The scripture says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. This is Paul um, again writing to the church at Corinth. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, Peter, that's his name, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. Verse 7. After that he was seen by James, talking about the Lord's brother, then by all the apostles. And so Paul, he's in, this, in context of this passage of Scripture, uh, he's dealing with some weird teaching that 
pitched in the, the church at Corinth. Uh, I think the Sadducees had got stuck into that church because the Sadducees did not believe in the region, didn't believe. I, I don't think there's any Sadducees left today. But at that time, the, the Sadducees were a, a sect within Judaism and they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so what had happened is that kind of teaching had infiltrated into the church at Corinth and they were questioning the resurrection of the dead. And so Paul dealt with the issue. And the way he dealt with it is he said, guys, there's, uh, there's enough evidence of the resurrection of the dead because all of these individual disciples have in fact seen the risen Lord. But the point that I wanted to get across here is that very last statement that he makes. In verse 7, he says, After that he, talking about Jesus, was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. And then he goes on to say, And then last of all by me, as one born out of due season. Um, but the comment that he makes, then by all the apostles. So when Paul says that um, Jesus was seen by all the apostles, he's talking about not the 12 apostles of the Lamb, because he's already put them in the list. He says he was seen by Cephas, Peter, then by the twelve, then by over 500 brethren all at once, then by James, and we know James was an apostle as well, um, and, and then by all the apostles. And then he says, and then last of all by me. So that's where, at, at the time that, that Paul was living. So all of the apostles that uh, were part of the church, at the time of Paul, Peter, James, John, and Jude, when they were alive on the earth, every single apostle saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's not talking. Uh, Paul is not talking about the twelve because he lists the twelve separately, and he's, he, he he says the Lord appeared to James, uh, the Lord would have appeared to Jude as well, and as I say, Paul says then all the apostles. Now, if you study Scripture, they are. 25 apostles listed in the New Testament. Um, and so the Lord would have appeared to all 25. Now, just because there's 25 listed in the New Testament doesn't mean that there were only 25 apostles. The chances are very likely that there were a lot more apostles than just the 25 that are listed in Scripture. And we're not going to go through all of them. But uh, two extra apostles we can look at is in Romans chapter 6. Verse 7, the scripture says, Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. This is Paul speaking. And so we, there's two apostles mentioned in scripture right there, Andronicus and Junia. And they were in Christ before Paul came, before he was born again. And they were of note among the apostles. So he has two apostles that, that uh, Paul refers to. Now our Lord Jesus would have appeared to these two apostles. Barnabas was another. Our Lord would have appeared to Barnabas. And so one of the qualifications to um, standing in the ministry gift of the apostle is that the Lord Jesus Christ would have appeared to the individual at some point in their ministry. Um, because Paul said, Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus Christ our Lord? And then Paul said, The Lord Jesus Christ appeared to all of his apostles. And we know that when we're talking about all, we know of at least 25, and there must have been a whole bunch more. And at that time, the Lord appeared to all of them. 
Now that the Lord's not changed at all. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And so all of his apostles throughout throughout the ages, one of the things that happens is those who are called to the ministry gift of the apostle, the Lord Jesus will appear to that individual, as I say, at some point in their ministry. So that kind of eliminates a lot of people who go around saying that they are apostles because part of the qualification to stand in that office is that you will have had to have seen the Lord Jesus Christ at some point in your ministry. I'm saying he would appear to you, um, be it an open vision, be uh, a, a spiritual vision, whichever way, but the Lord would then have appeared to the individual. Now, that doesn't mean that if the Lord does, does appear to someone, well, that makes them an apostle, because that's not the case. Because um, think about Ananias. Uh, he was just a disciple, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I want you to go lay hands on Paul. Like um, that was still a sword at that time. Now, Ananias wasn't an apostle, he was just a disciple of the Lord, and the Lord appeared to him. So it's not a case of if the Lord appears to an individual, well, then now they're an apostle. Not at all. Um, the Lord appears to whom he chooses to appear to. But we're saying one of the qualifications of the ministry gift of the apostle is that the Lord Jesus Christ will appear to the individual at some point in their ministry. And that is one of the qualifications that uh, goes with this particular ministry gift. Um, and you know, you can go back over the, the ages I'm talking about now after the, the New Testament uh, period, um, between then all the way up till now, to current, uh, the current uh, dispensation we live in now, the current uh, decade we live in now. Um, and have a look at um, ministry gifts who were mightily used of the Lord. Now, when I say mightily used of the Lord, they might not have known that they stood in the, the office of apostle because the ministry gifts have not really been taught to the church extensively. Um, and so we don't really know too much about them. And specifically over the last couple of hundred years, people didn't really know about these ministry gifts. People knew about evangelists and pastors, and that was that nobody knew anything more. But if you go look at the, those whom the Lord has really used in His church um, in an outstanding way to impact on His church, time and again you will see that the Lord Jesus at some point in their ministry has appeared to that individual. I think of uh, Smith Wigglesworth is one of them. The Lord appeared to him on a couple of occasions. Uh, Kenneth Hagin is another one. The Lord appeared to him on several occasions. And so these are individuals that the Lord has used um, in the ministry gift of apostle, although they didn't call themselves apostles. Um, nevertheless, the Lord appeared to them. They, they impacted the body of Christ quite dramatically, uh, the whole body of Christ. And so even today, the Lord certainly does appear to his apostles. It is one of the qualifications to stand in that office. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of filters out the people who actually um, say that they're apostles, but in fact are not. And now the next qualification we want to look at is are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, as listed for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through to 10, the scripture says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, 
to another different kinds of tongues and to the, another the interpretation of tongues. And so one of the other qualifications uh, for an individual to be able to um, claim, is might be not the right word, never you can say, to claim to stand in the office of apostle is that all nine of the spiritual gifts will be made manifest through their ministry. Um, and we're going to have a look at two apostles in Scripture to verify that statement. Well, the first apostle we'll look at is the apostle Paul, and then we'll look at the apostle Peter. And we will see from Scripture that both apostles had all nine of the ministry gifts, uh, uh, spiritual gifts, operating through their ministries. And in order for one to stand in the office of apostle, it is essential that all nine of the spiritual gifts um, are being made manifest through their ministries. Now again, go back to earlier teaching, we said it is very possible for one to stand in an office, a ministry gift, and not have any spiritual gifts uh, manifest through them, purely because of ignorance, because they, they have no idea or understanding about being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and thus do not ever access the spiritual gifts because it's only after being baptized in the Holy Spirit that one can then have access to the spiritual gifts. Um, so it is very possible for a ministry gift to and not have any spiritual gifts operating through them. But the, the New Testament pattern, because that's really what we wanted to look at, we wanted to see uh, how God has actually intended this ministry gift to operate. <clears throat> the New Testament pattern is that the, the ministry gift of the Apostle will have all nine of the spiritual gifts being made manifest through their ministry. And so this is just another uh, um, way that we can check out uh, people who say that they are Apostles and they're called of the Lord to be an Apostle. Well then, you know, we should see all nine of the spiritual gifts being made manifest through their ministries. And so let's just have a look at scriptural evidence along that line um, in order to verify that statement. And as I say, the first one we're going to look at is the Apostle Paul. So the first scripture we'll look at is in Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 23. The scripture says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong, and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Now when the fourteenth night had come, as they were driven up and down the Adriatic Sea, at about midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. And they took soundings and found it to be twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, uh, they took soundings again and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Um, so the context here is that Paul was, was uh, being taken through to Rome as a prisoner. They had gone out to, uh, on, uh, in, on, a, on a ship and they'd been caught in a storm and the storm was basically going to destroy the ship. Paul had been praying and interceding for them and the Lord answered by sending an angel. 
And so here we see three of the spiritual gifts being made manifest through Paul's ministry. Now I'm just giving uh, one example of each gift being made manifest through, the, manifest through Paul's ministry. There are other accounts in the book of Acts, but we're not going to get into that in any kind of depth. Because we're just wanting to show that all nine of the gifts of the Holy Spirit were made manifest through the Apostle Paul's ministry. Uh, the first gift that we see made manifest here is the gift of discerning of spirits. The gift of discerning of spirits is seeing into the realm of the spirit. Um, seeing spirits, basically. And an angel had appeared to Paul. Now it wasn't only an angel that appeared to Paul. Um, our Lord Jesus, we've already dealt with it, appeared to the, uh, the Apostle Paul on numerous occasions. But here we see the gift of discerning of spirits being made manifest in Paul's ministry. Then we see the gift of the word of knowledge being made manifest in this instance. We, very often in Scripture, when you look especially in the book of Acts, um, the gifts of the Spirit don't operate uh, just the word of knowledge is made manifest and nothing else. Quite often, two or three of the gifts are made manifest at the same time. And they all work in conjunction. So you just have to understand it uh, when, when you, we, we, we read the account. And so, gift of discerning of spirits was made manifest on this occasion. The gift of the word of knowledge was made manifest on this occasion as well, because um, Paul received knowledge from God that the ship would run aground. That was a word of knowledge given to him by God through the angel, but nevertheless, that is the gift of the word of knowledge uh, being made manifest. And then the gift of the word of wisdom was also made manifest uh, through Paul in this incident, because the uh, sailors were trying to abandon the ship, and Paul said to the soldiers, unless you guys keep the sailors on board, you guys can't be saved. So that was the word of wisdom given um, through Paul's ministry at that particular time. And so we see that's three out of the nine gifts operating through Paul's ministry. Let's have a look at another passage of Scripture. Acts 20, verse 7 to 12 says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together, and in a window sat a, a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up and broken bread and eaten, taken and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. And so here we see um, the gift of special faith being made manifest through Paul's ministry. Um, the guy falls from the third floor, um, and he dies because you know, he hits the ground hard, and the scripture says he was taken up dead. He was dead. Paul goes down, embraces him, and brings him back to life again, and then carries on ministering. And so, you know, it, it's, it, he has two uh, gifts really operating through Paul's ministries, spiritual gifts. The gift of faith, because Paul just went down, down and raised him from the dead, and the working of miracles, because he as an individual was brought back to life again. That's the working of miracles. So there's two spiritual gifts operating through Paul's ministry right there. Um, special faith and the working of miracles. 
Let's have a look at another scripture, Acts chapter 28, verse 8 to 9. So we've got, so far we've got discerning of spirits, we've got the word of wisdom, we've got the word of knowledge, we've got discerning, um, working of miracles and gifts of healings. That's five of the gifts so far, five out of the nine. Uh, the next scripture is in Acts 28, 8 to 9. The scripture says, And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. And so when, he, when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. And so there's the gift of the working of, of gifts of healings being made manifest through Paul's ministry. So that's six now of uh, the ministry gifts be, uh, being made, the spiritual gifts being made manifest through Paul's ministry. Just another account of the working of miracles through Paul's ministry, Acts 13, verses 9 through to 11. Scripture says, Then Saul, who also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And he has a working of miracle. This is a, a sorcerer, sorcerer that Paul had encountered on the island of uh, Crete, I think it was, yeah. And this particular sorcerer, sorcerer had resisted Paul and Barnabas' preaching of the gospel. And so Paul pronounced judgment on him and he uh, caused blindness to come upon that individual. He didn't give him uh, blindness from a, a sickness point of view, a dark mist fell on him, and he, he was blind for a year because the scripture talks about a time, and a time is always a year in scripture. Um, but there's the working of miracles again operating through the Apostle Paul's um, ministry. Um, another scripture we can look at, Acts 18, verse 9 to 10. The scripture says, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And so there's another uh, example of Paul's ministry of the gift of discerning of spirits. Our Lord Jesus Christ appears to Paul once again. Now we know, so that's six out of the nine. The other three are the gift of prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. There's no recorded uh, account in scripture of uh, a prophetic utterance given by Paul or of him speaking uh, uh, a word out in, in tongues in the church or giving an interpretation to a tongue in the, given in, in the church. But we know that Paul taught very extensively on all of those gifts and so he had a complete understanding and knowledge of those gifts. And it is, it is impossible that Paul didn't operate in those particular gifts. He operated in the gift of prophecy, um, the gift of diverse kind of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Because as I say, he understood how those gifts operated. He was able to teach the church how to operate in those gifts. And because he could teach the church, Obviously, he was used of the Lord himself in operating in each one of those gifts. And so we see that all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit operated through the, the ministry gift of the Apostle Paul. So now let's have a look at the Apostle Peter and see, because we again, we're just wanting to 
emphasize the fact that one who's called to the office of the apostle, who is operating as the Lord has intended that they should operate. Because again, go back to what I mentioned, it is very possible for one to be in a ministry gift and have no spiritual gifts operating through their ministry. But that's not because the Lord has said you're not to have those gifts, that's because the person is ignorant about the gifts that are available to their ministry gift. Um, the other ministry gifts will get into them. They do not have all of the gifts, spiritual gifts operating through their ministry. It is only the ministry gift of the apostle that has all nine of the spiritual gifts operating through their ministries. So let's look at Peter. Acts chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. The scripture says, While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down, and go with them, doubting nothing, um, for I have sent them. And so here, Peter had just received a vision from the Lord. We know about the account of the sheep being let down with all of the unclean animals in it, and the, the Lord saying, Right, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter saying, Not so, Lord, I've never, any, no unclean thing has ever touched my lips. And the Lord saying, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Um, and so Peter's thinking about the vision. He, he fell into a trance when he had that vision. Um, and now the vision has left him. Now he's pondering, thinking about the vision. And now he gets a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, Three men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down with them, doubt nothing, for I've sent them. And so he has two uh, gifts of the Spirit operating at the same time again. The gift of the word of knowledge is one. Behold, three men are seeking you. That's a word of knowledge. And because now Paul knew, um, Peter knew something that he didn't know except by revelation of the Holy Spirit. Arise therefore and go down with them, doubting nothing, for I've sent them. That's the word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit giving Peter guidance, saying, This is what I want you to do. And so those that's two um, gifts of the Spirit. Word of word, wisdom, word of knowledge operating through Peter's ministry right there. Another scripture we can look at is in Acts chapter 3, verses 4 to 7. Um, scripture says, And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And so here is uh, the gift of faith in, uh, made manifest through Peter's ministry. Uh, Peter and John were on their way to a prayer meeting. Uh, they passed this guy who'd been crippled uh, from his mother's womb and Peter had passed him on, on numerous occasions on a number of days before the time. But on this occasion the gift of uh, special faith was made manifest through Peter and so Peter could use it and Peter then uh, there's the gift of healing operating at the same time. So you have the two gifts operating together. Because it wasn't Peter's faith and it wasn't the, 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 the cripple's faith that got him healed that day. It was this gift of special faith that got the, the cripple healed. Uh, because as, a, as I say, had it been Peter's faith, he would have done it a few days before. But obviously the anointing only came on him at that time. And then obviously the gifts of healing took place because the individual was healed as well. And so there's two more gifts operating through Peter's ministry. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge so far, gift of faith, and gifts of healings. That's four out of the nine. Then we get to another passage of scripture. Acts chapter 5 verse uh, 15 to 16. The scripture says, So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, 
that at least the, the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now, this is a time when the church was walking in, in a tremendous degree of power, and all of the disciples who were being used of the Lord to effect healings and miracles in, in the city of Jerusalem. But the scripture highlights Peter on this occasion. And so even Peter's shadow was healing people as he walked past them. And so again, that's just the gift of healings operating through Peter's ministry at that time. And then another scripture we can look at is in Acts chapter 9, verse 40. Um, but Peter put them all out, knelt down and prayed, and turning, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And so there's the gift of the working of miracles. Peter raises uh, Tabitha from the dead. Um, and that's the gift of the working of miracles taking place, uh, operating through Peter's ministry. So we've seen the gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, um, gifts of healings, and now we're seeing the gift of, uh, and gift of faith, and now we're seeing the gift of the working of miracles. That's five. And we've already looked at it. I'll just go back to that particular incident, Acts 10, 10, verse 11. Then he became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheep bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. And so that's the gift of discerning the spirits. Peter seen into the realm of the spirit, into the spirit realm. That's when God allows an individual to see into the realm of spirit. That is the gift of discerning of spirits in operation uh, at that time. And so there's, again, six of the nine gifts of the Spirit uh, operating through Peter's ministry. Again, um, the gift of prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. There is no recorded um, prophetic utterance given by Peter, and no recorded uh, tongue given by Peter, and interpretation of tongue given by Peter. But again, Peter also taught on those gifts, just like the Apostle Paul did. Peter had extensive knowledge of the operations of those gifts, and so Peter certainly operated in each one of those gifts. And so very clearly, if we just look at those two apostles um, given to us in Scripture, the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul, we see that all nine of the spiritual gifts were made manifest through the ministry gifts of the Apostle. So it's very important for us to recognize this because we're looking at what the qualifications are to stand in this ministry gift of the Apostle. And we've looked at a number of qualifications thus far, and one of the qualifications is, is that all nine of the spiritual gifts will be made manifest through that ministry gift. Um, our Lord commended the church at Ephesus for testing those who say they are apostles and saying, okay, well, now let's check if you really are an apostle. And let's have a look at it. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Scripture says, to the angel of the church at Ephesus, that actually is to the pastor of the church at Ephesus. The Lord didn't write his letters to angels. He wrote his letters to uh, the ministry gifts that headed up those churches. Uh, because the same word translated angel can also be uh, translated a, a pastor. So, to the pastor of the church at Ephesus write, this is our Lord speaking, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. 
And so um, it's very important for ministry gifts. And now I'm talking about uh, the local eldership of the church, the, the, the pastor of the church, because that's really who had done the testing. It wasn't the whole church that tested individuals who came along and said, we're apostles, and so you need to let us come and preach in your church. Um, so it wasn't all the church got together and said, well, let's test these guys and see if they're apostles. Not at all. It was the leadership of the church, the pastors, and there were more than just the one pastor, because if you recall, um, Paul, when he uh, went down to Jerusalem, he called the elders of, of the church at Ephesus to come down to meet him at Miletus, and he um, uh, conversed with them at that time. And so there was an eldership that were over that church at Ephesus. And they would have tested people who come, uh, came into the church and said, we're apostles, so you need to open up your pulpit to us. Um, and our Lord said, you guys have done that. You've tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and you found them to be liars. So how did they go about doing that? How would they test that individual who came into the church and said, I'm an apostle. God, you know, God raised me up as an apostle, so you need to let me minister in your pulpit. Well, one of the ways that they would do it is by testing their, their ability to operate in the spiritual gifts. Um, Paul, he, he again, talking about his qualification as an apostle. In 2 Corinthians 12, 11 and 12, he says, for in nothing was I, but I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Verse 12, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And so one of the qualifications for one to stand in the ministry gift of the apostle is that they will display signs and wonders and mighty deeds. In other words, the, the, the gifts of the all nine of the spiritual gifts should be made manifest through their ministries. Um, and if that is the case, well then it's pretty clear that the individual does have the anointing of God upon their lives to operate in the ministry gift of the apostle. But people who just go around saying to everybody, I'm an apostle, and display no gifts of the Spirit, well it's very difficult to actually test that individual and say, you know, because they should be displaying the gifts of the Spirit, especially in the church today, because we have so much more revelation about the gifts of the Spirit. A couple of hundred years ago, they didn't know that. Um, and so they couldn't really test uh, false apostles as such. But the church today, she has access to a lot of information. Um, and so the, the eldership of churches are able to apply certain uh, parameters to individuals who say they are apostles and to test them, to see, you know, is this individual genuinely an apostle? Yes or no? And that's um, one of the things that we should be doing in the church today. We should be checking these people out. But those are the qualifications that one needs to have in order to stand in the full office of the apostle. But again, as I say, it is possible that individuals, purely due to ignorance, do not operate in the full um, anointing that is available to them as apostles to the church. But those who do know their full anointing that is available to them, this is what they should be walking in. Uh, revelation knowledge of, of the Word of God. They should be able to easily, not easily, but they should be able to establish churches and get them up and running and um, so that they can function as fully-fledged churches. Um, they should, they will at some stage have had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Because scripture is very plain to us that our Lord appears to all of his apostles. And then all nine of the spiritual gifts 
should be made manifest through the individual who is called as an apostle of the Lord. And we're going to end the teaching on the apostles' ministry on that point today. Amen.